Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. If you are a brand new real estate investor and you're still struggling to get your first deal because you don't have the funding, or if you're a wholesaler in real estate and you've collected some assignment fees, but you want to stay in some deals, but you haven't been able to because you don't have the money to do your deal. Or let's say you're a seasoned real estate investor and you just want more money to fund your deals without relying on hard money lenders or traditional lenders. Well, if you answered yes, to any of those three questions, don't go anywhere because I'm getting ready to plug you into the money right now. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast. I'm Jay Connor, your host, also known as the Private Money Authority. And what happens here on this podcast is we always have an amazing show because I always have amazing guests. And today is no exception, but before I introduce my guest, I want to plug you into the funding. As I said, let's say you're a new real estate investor, but you can't get your first deal done because you don't have the funding or you're a wholesaler and you want to stay in some deals or you're just a seasoned real estate investor and you want to get more funding for your deals without relying on traditional funding sources or hard money lenders. Well, I've got a gift for you for just being here on the Private Money Academy podcast. And that is I just recently released my brand new book, which is titled Where to Get the Money Now, subtitle How and Where to Get Money for Your Real Estate Deals Without Relying on Traditional or Hard Money Lenders. 
In this book, I reveal exactly how I went from no funding to over $2 million in funding in less than 90 days. So if you're in this world of single family houses and you want some funding for your deals, you can go to Amazon and spend 20 bucks, or let me just give you the book for free. All you got to do is just spend a couple of bucks on shipping and handling, and we'll ship the book right out to you. And here's where you can get the book for free. Go to www.jayconner.com forward slash book. That's jayconner.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K, and we'll rush it right out to you. Well, as I mentioned, my guest today is an expert and he's an expert in the field of financial planning. Now, the way my guest does financial planning is different from anybody else that I've ever had here on the show. He's a member of this organization that's called Bank on Yourself. So my guest helps real estate investors, business owners, even full-time employees to grow safe and predictable wealth regardless of what the market is doing. And the way he does this is he uses a financial strategy that's actually been around for, check this out, for over 160 years. When my guest started this journey way back, I say way back, he's not that old. In fact, he's rather young. When he was in graduate school and he was working on getting his MBA, well, he worked for companies like Allstate, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, before founding his company, which is called Financial Asset Protection, which is a financial services firm that focuses on one primary concept and strategy. And that is the bank on yourself concept, which is also known as the infinite banking concept. I'm so excited to have my guest here on the show with me today. So welcome to the show, Sari Ibrahim. Welcome, Sari. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you so much for that awesome introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm excited to chat with you. Well, I'm excited to chat with you, Sari. So first of all, why don't you take a moment and tell folks how in the world it is you're qualified to talk about what you're going to be talking about? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I um, I started my journey, my financial services, financial planning journey when I was doing my MBA um, and I was about halfway through the program. I started working for different insurance companies and uh, financial services institutions. I worked at Allstate and Blue Cross and Humana um, and I started to enjoy working with clients. Originally, I thought I, was, I, thought I was going to get into project management. That's what I got my MBA in. It was a concentration in project management. But I quickly quickly realized that I love talking to people. I love problem solving. I loved listening to people too. Um, and I started to notice that people became more comfortable speaking to me about their financial problems and things that they wanted to accomplish financially. So then a kind of a, a light bulb went off and it was like, maybe I can make this into a, like a long-term career where I'm just helping people um, plan financially and solve money problems, either too little, like too much debt or too much, not sure how to uh, position real estate deals and things like that. But I wasn't really sure of a, a type of um, career like that. So I, I, I stuck through the insurance world and mostly in Medicare. I was a Medicare consultant too, and helping people in retirement plan for retirement for Medicare in, in the retirement. And um, I, I kept my eyes open for financial planning and just read a lot of books. I read about three books at the same time. Um, for the last 10 years. And I came across a book called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. And the book talks about the strategy that we're going to talk about today, the bank on yourself strategy, and what, what it is, how it works, why it was even invented, why it was even created to begin with. 
And um, I love the book. I love the content in the book. And then at the end of the book, there was a section that said, you know, if you want to join our program as, a, as an advisor, um, I, and I, I applied through the program, got accepted, and went through an eight-week rigorous training program on how to structure these policies, how to understand kind of different financial vehicles out there, like mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, uh, and all these different other types of conventional types of um, investments. And we went through the problems with them, the pros and cons of all of them. Um, and then most importantly, it was how to structure bank on yourself type whole life policies. And and really, I'm, and I started a company called Financial Assets Protection. And that was kind of the uh, overall point of the company is to become a bank on yourself organization where we can help clients use these policies, especially a lot of our clients are real estate investors and private money lenders and hard money lenders. So really, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to be on your show because I think it's going to really connect really well with you and uh, the audience. That's super. So I know you have a way or ways in which you can actually help real estate investors Mm -hmm. uh, and private lenders. But before we get into that, let's start from ground zero here. My guess is I probably have hardly anybody that is uh, listening in to the show that even knows what the bank on yourself concept or the infinite banking concept is. So where did this come from? I mean, you, you know, it's been around for over 160 years. But what is this concept? Why did it originate, and how does it work? And and take your time. Go nice and go nice and slow, because I want to make sure we understand what this is all about. Because quite frankly, this is probably a brand new concept to a lot of people that we've got tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. So this concept really started about I would say about twenty years ago by Nelson Nash, and uh, Nelson Nash wrote the book Becoming Your Own Banker. And he's kind of the godfather of the infinite banking concept. He invented the infinite banking concept. And in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, he starts off talking about some of the problems he had. Like at one point, he had about $500,000 in debt. And back when interest rates were like 20%, he was paying about $67,000 a year just in interest payments alone on that outstanding loan. And he started to realize that you know a lot of other people have this problem. A lot of people, you know, the average American spends one third of their income on servicing debt. So, you know, this realized, you know, he, he realized that this is a common problem and then kind of went through the technical details of whole life insurance. And kind of for those who don't know, whole life insurance isn't just life insurance. It also has a cash value component to it, like a savings account portion to it that grows over time. And you actually earn compound interest on that money. And, and the point of it isn't just necessarily from an investment standpoint. Um, it's, it's more of a saving standpoint and a way for you for you to become your own source of financing. So Nelson Nash throughout the book is talking about structuring dividend paying high cash value, whole life insurance policies. So that way you could become your own source of financing and then you could pay the interest back to yourself. So originally it was created to address the interest part of the, the interest problem. Instead of paying out interest to other lenders, you would pay interest to yourself uh, and become your own banker or you would bank on yourself. Now the actual asset dividend paying whole life insurance, that's been around for over 160 years families and financial institutions have been using, you know, dividend paying whole life insurance policies for over 160 years, you know, but really the, the concept, the infinite banking concept and, and it being used by more people than just banks and financial institutions and um, family offices. It's being used now by more um, everyday people, people who make, you know, $100,000 a year to $200,000 a year, real estate investors who have like 10 properties, you know, who are on their way to becoming financially free, but not just for the billionaires, if that makes sense.
Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money, feed their families, and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. That does make sense. So how does the concept work? Mm -hmm. So the concept, so the first step is you want to work with an advisor who understands this from a conceptual standpoint, standpoint and not just a product standpoint. So using infinite banking is not just going out and buying a whole life insurance policy and that's it. You've already checked all the boxes. You, you need to work with an advisor who understands the high cash value use of whole life insurance. There's only a limited set of companies that could actually do these policies and a limited set of advisors who actually know how to structure and design these policies. So that way you have high cash value in the first few years and you also have access to it. There's also a lot of tax benefits when it's structured the right way. So I guess step one is you want to you want to find that advisor that really knows this and does this full time and has a track record of actually working with clients. And the second step too is you want to make sure that your advisor is going through your um, financial analysis, making sure that that you are um, you're doing all these other things for the right reason. So for example, we do a financial analysis to understand the client's financial situation, number one, to see where they're at, what they're doing, are they investing in the stock market, are they full-time employees, do they have their own business? We wanna understand their financial life, their financial health, and then we also want to understand their objectives of what is it that they want to accomplish. Do they want to retire in the next 10 years, 20 years? Do they want to buy more real estate? Do they want to loan out their money as hard money lenders or private money lenders? What is it that they want to do with their money? So we want to identify those objectives. And then we would structure or design maybe one policy, maybe more than one policy to address their objectives and also based off of their financial situation, based off of their tax rates, based off of all these other intricate parts that need to be into, taken into consideration um, from there. Yeah, it's an, and again, it's important. It's not a commodity. This isn't a product. It's a, it's a way of living. It's a way of kind of understanding how the financial system works and for you to become your own financial system, not literally starting an actual FDIC insured bank, but, uh, but having the banking principles in your life where anytime you need to finance something, you can go to yourself, go to your whole life insurance policy, leverage that, borrow against that, and then use it for other investments. So I'm still a little confused. Mm -hmm. So what's the benefit of this strategy and what pain or problems does it fix and solve? Yeah. So there's um, a couple. So number one, so the number one benefit of this is guaranteed growth. So this is based off the whole life insurance policy is based off of growing guaranteed wealth. Um, the When you start a, a policy, there's kind of two sections to the policy. There's the guaranteed growth, the projections that the insurance company says, for example, if you're going to fund a policy over 30 years, they say, if you put in $10,000 a year for 30 years, we'll guarantee you X amount of dollars during this duration of 30 years, plus more in the future. Plus we'll guarantee you the life insurance. And then also if everything goes well, we'll also give you dividends on top of your cash value. Dividends are not guaranteed, but we, we only work with insurance companies who have a proven track record of paying out dividends for over a hundred years. So in other words, so the first benefit is the guaranteed growth and the, and the high certainty of dividends being paid over time. Number two, um, there's a lot of tax benefits behind this. So number one, the the, ta the the way the policy grows and accumulates with interest and dividends, it's growing tax deferred. So for example, you have $100,000 in cash value year one, year two, it grows to $105,000. You don't pay taxes on that growth. It grows tax deferred. 
also in most situations, when you go to take money out of the policy, either through loans or withdrawals, that's also going to be tax-free because if you've used after-tax dollars to fund the policy and under current tax law, loans and uh, withdrawals on life insurance policies that are non-modified endowment contracts, non-MEC policies are currently tax-free. So a lot of tax advantages. Also, the death benefit is income tax-free to your beneficiaries. It could be exposed to state taxes, but it's income tax-free to your uh, beneficiaries, either your family or if you own a business, the business would get that income tax-free. Um, the fourth, it's not affected, which kind of goes with number one, is not affected by market conditions. So that means if you have all this money in whole life insurance and then there's a major market crash or a recession, it's not going to affect the cash value of your policy. Um, the, the way the whole life insurance company pays out interest and dividends is not correlated with market conditions with the stock market. It's They're mostly invested in private loans and button in the bond market. So um, it's not going to be hindered by market conditions. And then also you have guaranteed access to the policy loans and withdrawals. So for example, let's say um, you've been building up a policy, you have $100,000 in cash value. Next thing you know, there's another 2008 that happens, another market crash happens, banks aren't giving out loans, um, market values have dropped. You can go to your policy that didn't drop in value based on market conditions, and the insurance company will guarantee you your ability to borrow against your money. Uh, they'll give you it's, it's guaranteed to take out a loan against it. The only collateral you need is just the policy itself. You don't need any other collateral. No credit check, no credit scores, um, no other property to put up, nothing, no other collateral but the policy itself. So this kind of opens up the doors when other people can't take out loans in, in poor economic times, you would be still be able to do that in your policy. It wouldn't be affected by market conditions and you wouldn't need any other way to uh, take the money out. And then also, I guess the sixth benefit is in most states, the cash value of the whole life policy is protected from creditors and judgment. So this means, you know, if you've been building up cash value in a policy, somebody sues you for whatever happens, you know, check with your lawyer about this. But in most states, you could look this up. The cash value is outside of kind of it's an exempt asset. So it doesn't really count when you're being sued. Again, I'm not a lawyer. So um, check with your lawyer about that. But in most situations, there's a lot of assets protection behind the use of dividend paying whole life insurance. So since a person can borrow uh, using that whole life policy as the collateral, they can borrow against it, no credit check or whatever. That's one way that uh, through this strategy, you can help real estate investors. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we can help them a couple of different ways. So one way we can help them is literally instead of go, if they have enough cash value in the policy, um, they need to, for example, use for the down payment. They can go to the policy, borrow against that for the down payment. And then they could, and then banks also allow this. So if the bank asks you, Hey, where did you get this 20% down payment from? You could say, I got it from my whole life insurance policy. They actually like to see that in portfolios because it's because when you borrow that money, it doesn't decrease the value of it. Your, your money actually keeps growing even when you've borrowed that money. So you can use it for down payments. Now, if you have a lot of cash value in the policy, you could actually use it to finance the entire deal. So you're becoming your own mortgage. You go to your policy, you borrow against it, you buy a deal as a, as a cash buyer. And then you finance it to yourself instead of paying monthly payments to a lender, you pay it to yourself back into the whole life policy. And then when you do it, the reason why that's that's important to do it that way is that when you do it that way, you have two assets now instead of just one. Instead of trading cash for another asset, you have two. You have the whole life policy accumulating in value and you have the real estate you, you, that you buy that's also going to appreciate in value hopefully over time. So you have these two assets now that are growing uh, and there you leverage one for the other asset. 
That's awesome. So, uh, Sari, just for the sake of those that may have to leave the show early, I want people to go ahead and get your contact information right now, and then we'll continue the interview. So I know you've already piqued uh, curiosity with um, some of our listeners. Uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so the best way is to go to our website. It's finassetprotection.com. It's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. And then you can schedule a free consultation there. You can also download a free book that talks about this concept. Awesome. So again, everyone, you can connect with Sari at www.fin, that's F as in farmer, I-N, asset, A-S-S-E-T, protection.com, finassetprotection.com, and you can schedule a call. So um, back to this concept, Sari. So let's Let's talk about some hypothetical numbers, mm -hmm. right? So I'm thinking one question that some of our listeners may have is, okay, if I get to borrow against my um, whole life policy uh, mm -hmm. that you can help them get set up and structured and all that, let, let, let's do some real numbers here. So let's say, so, so, so let me give you the blanks to fill in and you can give us a hypothetical okay. situation. Give us a hypothetical whole life policy. In other words, someone's going to take out a hundred, you decide in this hypothetical scenario, they're going to take out a hundred thousand, 250,000, 500,000 million dollar, whatever whole life policy. Mm -hmm. How much money have they got to pay in to that whole life policy to where they can actually start borrowing against it? For another word, in other words, have they got to pay in $50,000 to where they could borrow 50,000 back or are they able to pay in a smaller amount of money into the policy and they could use that as an asset and borrow a higher amount of money? That's question number one. Mm -hmm. Question number two is how long before they would open or establish a whole life policy before they could start borrowing against it? Okay. So I'll start with the first one. So number one, typically um, in the first couple of years, you won't be able to put in, for example, uh, 50,000 and borrow out 100,000. Typically, you'd be able to borrow out less than what you put in in the first couple of years. Eventually, it's going to grow. It's a long-term strategy. It grows over time. And that's really where you could borrow more than what you put in in the future. But to answer clearly, you know, the first one is that, no, you wouldn't be able to put money in and then borrow a higher amount, typically less than what you put in, in the first couple of years. And then you could actually borrow right away. So for example, um, you know, to give you uh, numbers, I worked with a client who put in, you know, uh, $200,000 in cash value in a single premium whole life policy. She put in a one-time payment, uh, $200,000, and then is able to borrow right away. Like probably I would give it two weeks until the policy gets issued. You get your online account that you can access and see the cash value. About two weeks after that, she can access 90% as a loan out of the policy. So about $180,000 can come out to her and then she could pay this back whenever she wants. Uh, she's actually going to use this to become a private money lender. She's going to loan this out to another real estate investor. And then he's going to give her, uh, of course, you know, she's expecting between like 10 and 15% um, as her ROI on that interest. And then she's going to take that, her profits and then pay the policy loan back. And then also the way we structured this policy was that she could pay, she could put more into the policy than she borrowed. So for example, she takes out $180,000, she, she invests it, she ends up making that 180 into 200,000. She can then take all of that 200,000, put it back into the policy, paying the loan first, some of the interest of the insurance company, and then whatever's left over from there, her profit, her true profit, 
she could add it on top of the policy and then now her cash value is like you know uh 210 or 220 whatever the cases might be so it's going to go up when you've added more into the policy gotcha so of course over time uh interest rates are going to fluctuate yeah but but as of today on the on the recording of this show about what are interest rates hanging around when someone borrows using their policy as collateral? Yeah, when they borrow, it's typically 5% simple interest. So if you took out a loan, paid it off in four, four years, it would be about 1.9% APR, 1.9% compound interest that you paid to the insurance company. And then while that's happening, typically you're earning 4 to 6% in your policy over time. So that's how you can kind of have an arbitrage, a split between um, how much you paid in interest and how much you earned. So it's very common for somebody, for example, to in one year have earned, you know, um, took out a policy loan, paid it back in that time. In that one year, they earned like $10,000, for example, in interest and dividends, depending on how much cash value they have. And they've paid like $5,000 in interest um, to the insurance company. So there was, a, there was an arbitrage. There was a split between how much they borrowed and earned and then how much they paid back to the insurance company. So really when you connect this with real estate, you, you have a double compounding effect on your money. Like in this case with, with this client, she's going to make money in her whole life policy through the interest and dividends. And she's going to make money with the private money lender, with the real estate investor who's, who's borrowing her money. She, she has two sources of growth in her policy. That's amazing. So from your experience, Sari, mm -hmm. um, in working with people, What's your overall advice um, or opinion? And that is, is it best to uh, invest in your business? Is it better to save cash? Mm -hmm. uh, which way to go and why? Definitely. And I think that both of them have their reasons, right? It's important to have cash for emergencies and to, to kind of grow your, your wealth over time, your actual cash. Um, and at the same time, there's downsides to that, right? It's like, when you have money sitting in a bank account, it loses opportunity costs you could have earned had you invested that money somewhere else. You lose it to inflation. And you never, I think as an entrepreneur and as a, as a business owner, you never want cash just sitting around because you're probably just going to spend it. So I think that investing is really important. But really, that's another advantage of infinite banking is that you have the opportunity to do both. You could um, fund the like, save cash. And then anytime you need to access that cash, you borrow against it. And I'm, and I'm seeing these weird, these words clearly, Jay, that you want to borrow against it. So that way you kind of, um, you're not interrupting the growth of your money. So for example, if your goal is to save for the next 20 years, um, and you're accessing that money in the middle of those 20 years, it's not going to interrupt your overall goal. You're borrowing against it. You're leveraging that asset and you're, and, and you're, uh, you have the ability to keep growing that asset, that, that cash asset while still being able to invest in your business and other areas. So uh, I just want to make sure all of our real estate investors or those that are interested in real estate summarize for us one more time, how you can help real estate investors. Yeah. I can help them become their own sources of financing instead of having to rely on um, banks and hard money lenders and private money lenders, they can become their own source of financing. I can help them do that. That's awesome. Uh, what's the minimum age uh, that someone needs to be in order to deploy this strategy? So there's many ways you could do this. So there's, you know, for you to own your own policy, technically it's typically the adult age, 18 years old to own your own policy, to be an insured. I've insured clients who were newborns. That's a whole nother, that could be a whole nother podcast is how you could use this as a, how you can use infinite banking as a college savings funds for a college saving fund for children. So I've insured children as they were newborns 
um, where the parents own the policy, they pay into it. By the time the child is in college, by the time they're like 18 years old, they'll have like $150,000 in cash value, for example, just from putting in a few hundred dollars a month into the policy. So um, to be the owner, typically 18, um, the youngest clients I've had that are the owners are probably about 23, 24 years old, where they're the owners of the policy. So that's kind of the, the youngest age I've seen, but technically it could be 18. Um, usually, typically we're looking for clients who are kind of not really, you know, they're starting their careers. They have some income. They have, you know, $1,000 at least a month they could save or $500 a month they could save. Um, but we also do work with clients who are in a tough situation where they they have a lot of debt, for example, and they kind of want to figure out a way to pay it down. We also work with clients who, you know, it's not just wealthy clients we work with. We work with all types of clients. That's that's awesome. Uh, folks, one more time, I'm visiting here with Sari Ibrahim and his company uh, uses this concept called infinite banking concept, also known as the banking yourself concept uh, to connect with Sari and get a consulting call. Uh, you can go to www.finassetprotection. That's F I N short for financial finassetprotection.com and connect with Sari. And if you're listening, Sari is like Larry, but with an S. Sari <laughs> like Larry. So Sari, uh, parting comments and final thoughts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I have a show called Thinking Like a Bank. And you know, I um the reason why I mentioned it is because you know, one of our, our, our ideas or theories is you want to think like a bank. You know, banks are the largest purchasers of whole life insurance because they're doing it for a reason, because of the guaranteed growth, the tax benefits, the asset protection, all the benefits we mentioned, they're using it for that. So kind of, you know, as an entrepreneur, think like a bank. You know, think how, you know, instead of just, you know, um, we see this a lot with real estate, instead of just thinking about how to always actively manage real estate, think about what if you become the bank where you are actually loaning out your money to other people. Um, and, and in the sense that you're now a banker, not just a real estate investor. Um, and that's kind of what the show we talk about. We talk about how to do that, how to become your own banker, how to become, you know, uh, how to save on taxes, how to save uh, overall in your life and be able to find financial freedom by applying the same strategies that banks use. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate so much, Sarah, you're taking the time to be here on the show. And again, folks, you can connect with Sari at www.fin, F-I-N, that's short for financial, F is in Frank, I-N, asset, A-S-S-E-T, protection.com. Sari, thank you so much. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank Thanks, you Jay. For on. Thank and you. there you have it, folks, another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast, Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, your host also known as the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. Here's to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. And we'll see you right here on the next Private Money Academy podcast. Mm -hmm.